Hey, how's it going, everybody? I just wanted to say thank you again for tuning in to the E3 Breakdown bonus episode that we have for everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in for our inaugural week. Um, but without further ado, let's jump into the E3 news that we got. It's been about a week since I watched E3 at the time of this recording. I've let everything simmer. I've watched all the interviews and all the trailers that I possibly could stomach. Um, and this is my list of the titles that I think you all should go check out and some indie developers that I wanted to bring attention to alongside, of course, the big announcements that we heard from all the litany of uh, big publishers this year. So um, first things first, let's get into how the E3 decided to kick off this year, which was Summer Games Fest kickoff live with Jeff Keighley. You know, a lot of the shows this year were so-so, um, but the big announcement that they ended the show with was Elden Ring. Now, for those of you not familiar, Elden Ring is an RPG. It is a follow-up to the genre-defining Dark Souls series um, developed from... Uh, by From Software, and being published by Bandai Namco. Now, what makes this particular game so exciting, and why everybody's been so feverish about where they take this series, is because this particular one was written by George R.R. Martin and Hidetaka Miyazaki. Now, this title is going to be released on January 21st, 2022. I personally am not too enthused about this title, only because... I am not uh, a hardcore gamer. Uh, despite the title of the show, I'm actually somewhat of a casual gamer. I The barrier to entry for me is a little too high, and I think for a lot of people it is very high, but I'm very happy that hardcore gamers um, have a RPG set aside for themselves. I think it's important that we have diversity in gaming, which includes uh, some games that are... Uh, tailored toward people who want to play a higher difficulty. So I'm excited to see where they take the writing. I'm sure the lore will be very um, exciting. I Honestly, I might just read up on how they roll out some of the story. Maybe I'll watch some of the first couple hours of the game uh, when it launches, uh, just out of curiosity. Next up, I wanted to talk about the PC gaming show. Now, uh, this showed quite a few smaller titles, and despite the name of the gaming show, a lot of these titles are actually going to be able to be found on a console. So, first, I wanted to talk about Silt. Now, Silt isn't going to be coming out until early 2022. It is a 2D puzzle adventure uh, game uh, done by indie developer Spiral Circus. Now, why am I excited about this game? It has everything to do with the art style. It's very hard for me to convey what this looks like. I suggest you go see the trailer. But it is a very stripped-down art style that um, uses a very creepy, uh, drawn-out uh, sea creatures throughout the title. You play a sea diver and has interesting mechanics where you can play as fish or possess different sea creatures to get yourself out of different situations. I'm very curious to see how this plays and if there 
is any story to it because it seems very interesting. I want to know my motivations as the main character or just as the person holding the controller. But if you like art style, um, heavy games, games that are very much centered around their art direction, then I would suggest you check out Silt. That is again coming out early 2022. Next, we have Death Trash. That is going to be coming out August 5th. Now, Death Trash has a funny name, but it's actually a Fallout-inspired action RPG from indie developer Craft Legends. Now, excuse me, Crafting Legends. Now, Death Trash, you can watch uh, on YouTube. There are a couple people who got early access to it and were able to play like the first hour or so of the game. Uh, I suggest you go check it out, but it it looks like um it is one of a few actually uh pixelated uh rpg like titles action like titles that i have on this list today but it's very interesting it looks very much like a like a zelda dungeon crawler kind of game um or even it reminds me of kind of a children of morta for those of you that have played that roguelike but it's a very stripped down rpg game that I think lowers the barrier to entry enough for people to pop in and pop out of it. I hope it it's more of a shorter game, quite honestly. I hope it's maybe like a 40-hour RPG, which for those of you who played Fallout is like a drop in the bucket. I'm very curious. I want to see more uh, from this title, so please go check it out on Steam. It's going to be out on August 5th. Now, we've given some attention to some of the indies. Let's bounce back to some of the big hitters here. Let's jump into the Nintendo Direct. Now, the Nintendo Direct excited a lot of people, but I understand that Nintendo has some very, very loyal customers. They released some things that excited me, but I'm only going to talk about three of the titles that I think are most pertinent to the most amount of people and interest me personally. So first things first, we're going to talk about Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. That's going to be coming out 2022. This is the Ubisoft title. Um, it's u- developed by Ubisoft Milan. Now, uh, some of you may have played the first one, and it was a turn-based XCOM-like game. What does that mean? It is, instead of being timed or reaction-based, like many shooters or action games, It is more strategy-based, so you take turns, you move a certain amount of steps, and you have a certain percentage chance to hit any particular target. For some people, it is a bit slow, but I think strategy games are being more popularized as of late. Um, But because of this, Ubisoft decided that in this next game, they're going to be adding some real-time elements. So I'm curious how they implement these things. We didn't, we got a chance to see little snippets here and there, but I really want to see extended deep dive gameplay on this title. But seeing as though it's from Ubisoft, there's a good chance that we won't see too, too much um, until we get a release date. So 2022 sometime, uh, we'll keep our ears up for that. I just downloaded the last Mario vs. Rabbids as it went on sale this last week, and uh, I'm enjoying my time with it. I'm curious to see where the difficulty curve is given the uh, cuteness, I guess, of the title. But uh, for those of you who've played any XCOM-like game, uh, usually the difficulty curve 
the difficulty spike is pretty uh pretty rigid so we'll see um the next title from the nintendo direct that i wanted to talk about was mario party superstars now that's going to be coming out october 29th of this year why is this so exciting is because for those of you who've had a nintendo switch and have been playing mario party uh for at least the last couple years you have been probably a little frustrated by the fact that Nintendo has not released an online mode up until recently, I believe, in the last three months or so. But also at the fact that <laughs> they have not added a none but a few, like a handful of maps to play on. And they did not integrate any of the old favored maps from some of the N64 days and older titles. So I think it's important that everybody recognize that Nintendo is actually trying to make maybe not live service games, but they are making an attempt to give the people what they want, even if you have to pay a whole new $60 for it. So um, it is going to have online mode at launch, and that's why I'm excited about it. I'm probably going to purchase it just to keep in touch with friends and, you know, mess around when we have some free time and we can't be around each other in person. I think games like that are really important. I think Mario Party is like Monopoly in that way. It's incredibly frustrating, but sometimes you just can't help but play it. Anyway, let's talk about the big one from Nintendo Direct, the one that everybody wanted to talk about this week, and that is Breath of the Wild 2. Now, we saw little snippets of what's happening. There's plenty of little rumors, people breaking down the trailer, so I'm going to leave you uh, to that. If you want to go through YouTube and see every little detail of it, you can. Um, personally, I think it looks very interesting. As somebody who's just picked up Breath of the Wild 1 and started playing it this year, uh, I know I'm four years late, um, but... I can't wait to see how they incorporate different powers um, from the Sheikah Slate, for those of you that are familiar, or things of that nature. Like, I can't wait to see how they introduce different traversal elements or different exploration elements. And I can't wait to see how creative the community gets because they absolutely wow me with some of the things that they do. Uh, in these games, um, in terms of being able to combine different powers and different equipment and gear in order to achieve things that seemingly should not be in the game, but very much are. They're not bugs so much as they are hacks. And I can't wait to see more of that um, from Breath of the Wild, too. I think that's probably the hook that people don't talk about a lot with Breath of the Wild is just the freedom in being able to play with the game, uh, the mechanics of the game and seeing how they fit together in weird ways rather than just the exploration. But we got a release window of 2022 with that one, which surprised a lot of people, surprised me personally. I didn't realize that we were going to get a release window this year, but I'm excited. I hope that they can stick to that, but I'm not holding my breath, mostly because of the rumors around the Nintendo hardware a new Nintendo Switch or a Nintendo Switch Pro rumors that have been going around. I think that's why you see curious release dates around Mario plus Rabbids and Breath of the Wild 2 and other titles they had talked about or not talked about for that matter. I can't wait to see what they do with uh, the new hardware. And I think it's possible that the reason they're releasing some of these titles, 
uh, Mario Party superstars as an example, and so they can do what they have done in the past and double dip, get you to buy it on an old uh, console, and then releasing a new console as soon as they've announced all these games in order for you to buy it on the newest console. So who knows? We'll see. Um, but don't be surprised if that ends up happening. Quick tangent over. Let's get back into some E3 news. I want to go back into talking about a couple of indies that really caught my eye, really impressed me this year. First of all, let's talk about the Tribeca Games Spotlight. Now, that the Tribeca Games Spotlight, I would say, is one of the few showcases that I saw this year that I think everyone should go check out front to back because they showed about a dozen games that were so focused on art design that almost every title wowed me. It was very hard for me to come down to the three that I'm about to highlight, um, mostly because I wanted to talk about all of them. They all made me uh, engaged. Maybe not all of them engaged me with gameplay, but all of them did engage me from simply an appreciator of uh, any art medium uh, and the creativity within this specific one. I think the creativity within the indie video game space is amazing and it should be celebrated all the time. But without further ado, let's get into the three titles from the Tribeca Game Spotlight that I personally was excited to see. And good news, all of these are coming out this summer. First one on the list is Kenya Bridge of Spirits. Now this is going to be coming out October, excuse me, August 24th. Um, it is an action-adventure game fr- uh, published and developed by Ember Labs. It's going to be a PS4 uh, and PS5 exclusive, to my knowledge, um, but we will see if it ends up coming over to Xbox or to Switch. But I'm very excited for this title, mostly because it reminds me of gameplay elements similar to Gears of... Not Gears of War, excuse me, God of War, uh, <laughs> um, Ghost of Tsushima, And it also reminds me of some Horizon Zero Dawn elements um, in terms of the third person aspect and how you interact with the world. Um, If you've played a lot of those titles, I think you'll know what I'm talking about, about the the feel of the game and the the tone of the gameplay, maybe not the story, but the gameplay and how you interact with it. But I also like this game because it's not necessarily being marketed to uh, a hardcore audience or edgelordy audience it's actually it looks like it's actually being developed and catered to people who like the cute side of gaming which i think there should be more triple a cute games that aren't from nintendo because nintendo kind of runs the market on that and i want to see people put some money behind games that aren't just for people who like to break things and set things on fire and blow stuff up no offense i understand that that is a large portion of the gaming populace but again i think diversity in terms of um what we allow to be in the popular zeitgeist in gaming uh can be more diverse i don't think that's a a controversial topic and i think kenya bridge of spirits is a good example of that because of the polish i can see um, just on some of the gameplay reveals they had this this year. Also, there are some Pikmin-like elements to the game. There are these little creatures that you collect and they help you solve puzzles, and it reminded me of Pikmin, and I, I think that this is a game that hopefully you can sit down and play around uh, some of your younger 
uh, video game uh, friends or family members or whatever, and still be engaged, everybody be engaged at the same or a similar level. And I think that is a really important thing to have. Next, I want to talk about, <laughs> if you can call this a game, 12 Minutes. Uh, it's going to come out August 19th. Um, I believe it's actually coming out on Game Pass, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but this is actually a self-described interactive thriller. This is coming from indie developer Louise Antonio, and it is being published by one of my personal favorite publishers, Annapurna Interactive. I love Annapurna just existing. I don't love all of their games, but I love how they approach video games and what they want to put into the space, and I, I appreciate them. Anyway, 12 minutes. I'll give you the quick elevator pitch, but I do suggest you go watch the breakdown uh, from uh, 12 minutes because I think they describe it much, much better than I can. Uh, but essentially, you're reliving the same 12 minutes over and over and over again, trying to solve a mystery. It's centered around you and your uh, significant other. You're sitting down to dinner and a police officer, seemingly, or a man breaks down the door and accuses your, your uh, wife of murder and you are handcuffed and she is taken away. And you're trying to figure out, did she do it? Did she not do it? Who is this guy? How do I stop this from happening? And I, I'm curious to see what this is because this is one of the few games that I think really hits uh, um, from what I can see, I haven't played it, but from what I can see, it hits perfectly between the film and video game medium where it is an interactive movie. Uh, I like how they described it as an interactive thriller. I think we've heard that term before, but I think this game might just hit the nail on the head in the way they attack the perspective of the player. It is a top-down uh, game uh, from the top-down perspective, and you are to interact with different things within the apartment in order to change how things roll out over the course of the 12 minutes that you replay. Um, but let's get more into uh, another indie developer. If you want more information on 12 Minutes, please do go check it out because I feel like I'm not doing it enough service explaining it. Uh, I can't say it enough. Like, Oh, one last detail. William Defoe is voice acting in this. And I think that detail might just push me over the edge into buying it because that just is one of the most random facts ever. And I, I just love it. I want to hear William Defoe voice acting in a game that I play. That's enough. I'm moving on to the next indie developer that I want to talk about. This game is called The Big Con. It is called, uh, it is coming out summer 2021. We do not have an official release date. But it is an adventure game from indie developer Mighty Yell, and it's going to be published by Skybound Games. Now, the big con is just 90s nostalgia uh, incarnate. It is amazing. It is drawn and designed in a way that reminds me of uh, Doug or Rocco's Modern Life for you 90s kids who, who know what those are. It's very similar to that. Um, I think you, you should go look at it if you're curious. Um, but the story revolves around you as a teenage girl. You are trying to help your mom save her video store. How are you going to help mom save the video store? You are going to learn the grift from some guy. And you learn to pickpocket people. And you learn to con people all the way across the country until you get to the big con. Hence the name of the title. And you're trying to help your mom save the video store. I'm very excited 
to see how this story rolls out. This is a silly game that I think I'm going to play with my SO or maybe even with uh, maybe some of my younger uh, family members just to show them what art looked like and cartoons looked like when we were kids and have them be able to interact with it in a meaningful way rather than me just playing reruns of uh, my favorite Nickelodeon shows. I want to move on to our next showcase. This is another indie showcase, and then we're going to wrap up with the the big Xbox showcase. Don't worry, I'm getting to it, guys. I, I know that's what everybody wants to hear about, but let's talk about the Guerrilla Collective showcase. Now, Guerrilla Collective had an interesting, they had multiple different showcases throughout the week. Um, even before E3 officially had started, I believe on Thursday, they had a uh, um they had a showcase that included black voices in gaming. I suggest anybody who's interested, please go watch the showcase. They sat down and did interviews with about a dozen developers or so about their games and what they're working on. And I think it's important to support those developers in particular. But I don't want to only highlight them and give them just a stage on their own. Actually, I've already spoken about one of the black developers that was showcased in that uh, earlier segment, but I actually wanted to make sure that indie developers as a whole get some play, and we can talk about black developers in their own showcase separate from our E3 breakdown. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into the Guerrilla Collective showcase. Um, I wanted to talk about three games, two of which are actually what I would consider rhythm-based shooters. That is a little hint. I think a lot of you know what's coming, but the first one would be Bullets Per Minute. Now, that has been out for a while in demo and early access. It is a first-person shooter action adventure. It is from indie developer All Interactive. And the thing that uh, is most curious about this, obviously, is the rhythmic aspects to it. Essentially, everything you do is synced up rhythmically with the music playing in the background of the game. It is a rock opera uh, genre that they used for the title. I personally don't like rock opera, but I do like the introduction of this mechanic. I do want to support this developer and let other publishers know that this is a possibility to be successful and they should invest time in a more rhythm-based games that aren't just music games. Because I think a lot of people find rhythmic things relaxing. I'm curious to see if this takes some of the anxiety out of the shooter pacing. I'm curious to see maybe some of the videos of people who like perfect or speed run uh, bullets per minute. I would love to see certain things play out in terms of future development of other games who incorporate things like this. Um, so please go check it out. Uh, I believe it's out now. Uh, you can check it out on Steam. Now the next title, now this one, I'm. this was the most excited I was from the Gorilla collective showcase from a purely curiosity perspective and it is called hunt the night it is an action adventure game from indie developer moonlight games and being published by dagon entertainment now unfortunately we do not have a release date for this one yet but and bear with me here it reminds me of a bit of an amalgamation of old zelda it's um a 2d action game it reminds me of an old Zelda mixed with Hades, and not in art style, but in play style. Um, but in story, it reminds me of the Witcher series, uh, that being that you are a monster hunter. So 
you're crawling through dungeons and you're looking to slay a particular monster for a contract. There seem to be some light RPG elements, but I can't wait to play it because it looks right in that sweet spot between story and gameplay and maybe a lack of item management that I see in a lot of games like this. I, I want to see a game really push more of a, a roguelike element simply because I'd rather play a roguelike, I think, than an item management game. At this point, that's why you need to go check out the trailer for Hunt the Night because this is uh, something that seems really simple, but I think the more I watch it, the more I want more information on it, and I can't wait to see it come out and how it's received. Um, You can check it out on Steam. You can check it out on YouTube. Please just search Hunt the Night by Moonlight Games and go support some indie developers. The last indie developer we're going to talk about today is going to be uh, indie developer Greylock Studios. This game is going to be published by Digerati. Um, It's called Severed Steel. Now, the demo is out right now. Um, It does not have an official release date. But this game is very curious. It is a first-person shooter action game. But for those of you who have played Super Hot or any any of the Super Hot variants, whether it be the VR or Super Hot Mind Control Delete, um, they're games that I personally like because they incorporate puzzle puzzle games and shooters, and I think uh, it is relaxing for people who like shooters. <laughs> um, but this one takes a similar perspective or a similar, um, I guess, feel to the game in terms of the controls but the pacing is ramped up and it's more focused on parkour and shooting or i saw a lot of the gameplay involved like flipping upside down and wall running and things like that so if that sounds like something that would interest you please check it out i love the art style i think fast pace shooters that involve a lot of i guess puzzle mechanics or precision based shooters are very curious i see a lot of precision based um running games like ghost runner or uh run die run again or things like that um and it 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 almost mixes that pacing of ghost runner with the um with the art style and look and feel and controls of a uh super hot so Definitely go check it out. Severed Steel is, the demo is out right now. It does not have an official release date, but please go check it out on Steam. Um, And then last note, because that is the last indie developer that we're going to talk about outside of the Xbox Bethesda showcase, because there is one there. But please go support indie developers. Go wishlist. Go support them monetarily. Go buy their games at full price, or at the very least, Give them enough attention and talk about it with your friends because I think indie developers have a place in the gaming space that cannot be replaced with AAA. Literally, yes, but also in in the sense of creativity and taking risks. I notice more and more in the AAA space, people are kind of within a certain amount of categories. And I mean, let's not mention all the games that fit into the same looter shooter action rpg live service whatever game there's a thousand of those and i think in the indie space because they cannot support those games they have to do things that i miss from gaming that are 
going away and tuning out of the mainstream. And a lot of indie developers have the chance of becoming double A developers and getting further funding. So if you like the idea of a game and you feel like it's not fully fleshed out or it's not quite to your liking, still support it because if enough of us support these indie developers, they can expand upon these ideas and give us a more fully fleshed out game. And I think that's what all of us want is just to get our money's worth and feel like we connected with something. That's my spiel on indie developers uh, for for the time being. Um, let's get into more of the E3 news. We're going to end it today with the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. Now, in my opinion, this was the best showcase. A lot of people felt that Nintendo was the best showcase. I will admit that I have had an Xbox pretty much my whole gaming life, and I cannot say the same for the other two major video game platforms, but... I'm going to do my best not to have that whole bias. I genuinely believe that the Bethesda Xbox showcase did something from a business sense that the other video game platforms are not able to do. And that's uh, flex their wallet and their and their tech and their business dealings with Game Pass. I'm almost certain that every game that I'm about to talk about is Game Pass day one. Um, so keep that in mind while I'm talking about it. That's the last time I'm going to bring it up just because I don't want to say, repeat essentially marketing jargon back to you. Um, now the first thing they showed, and I think is important to talk about just to get it off the table and we can stop speculating and feeding the rumor mill Starfield Starfield. If you're not familiar is the latest RPG from Bethesda game studios. It is the first new IP in over 20 years from Bethesda Game Studios. This is also being published by Bethesda Softworks. We got a release date for this one, folks. I was surprised. I know that surprised a lot of people. It is November 11th, 2022. That is exactly 11 years from Skyrim's release, which of course was 11-11-11. Now, the reason this is so exciting for those of you not in the know is because Bethesda has made some of the best games that I can remember from the last 10 to 15 years, probably longer for those of you who've played things like Oblivion uh, or games like Fallout 3. Now, the reason I say uh, this is exciting is because new IP is something that a lot of us are star for in the gaming space. I feel like there's been an oversaturation of legacy titles and things like that. And I think that seeing such a big developer come out with new IP is hopefully going to inspire some of the other developers to put time and effort and resources into giving us new IP. If you want a deeper dive, because that's what I'm pretty much going to leave it at. Uh, if you want a deeper dive on all the little tiny details and all the little Easter eggs and theories of what the game is going to be about, please go to YouTube. There's literally a thousand people doing it. I suggest Juicehead. That guy does some good breakdowns, but yeah, I think Starfield is a title I'm excited for, but I'm not holding my breath for. I'm not going to be over-enthused in the same way that a lot of people are excited for Breath of the Wild 2 and Elden Ring and one more game that we're going to get into in a second. Now, the next title that I wanted to speak about was Back for Blood. That's coming out October 12th of this year. It is the winner of what I am I am most anticipating between the 
four-player online co-op shooter zombie game that (laughs) seems like everyone has come out with recently. Now, Back for Blood is made by the people who used to make uh, Left 4 Dead, that being developers at Turtle Rock Studios, and it is also being published by Warner Brother Games. Now, uh, if you ever played Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2 back in the day, here to you, this is a gift. I really hope we have fun with this one. I hope we don't just rip into it if it's not exactly perfect. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some monetization within the title. I don't think anybody expects there not to be, so please manage your expectations. But I'm curious about the card-based system. That level of RNG, I'm okay with. Every match will be different because you draw three cards and those cards are randomized, and that will set the parameters of the match. Maybe there'll be increased damage or increased armor or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm excited for this title. I'm going to be playing it day one because, again, it's coming to Game Pass. Um, But who knows? If I like it, I might purchase it because I want more Left 4 Dead. Or more Left 4 Dead vibes. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Alright. Last uh, really big one that everybody needed more information on this year. And that is Halo. Now this, again, is developed by 343 Industries. Published by Xbox Game Studios. They did a breakdown this year of both the first person shooter campaign. And the free to play online multiplayer that they are completely revamping. This is curious, though. The reason it's curious is because we do not have a hard release date. And after all the drama over the last couple years around Halo, I think it's important that we pin down a release date so that everybody can have confidence in this next Halo, because quite frankly, it looks pretty good to me. It looks like something that they're trying really hard to make, not just a flagship title, but perhaps something to satisfy... And celebrate the, what, 20-year anniversary of Halo, of Master Chief. I think it's smart for them to be making their online free-to-play. I They explained how they're going to be monetizing certain things and how they're going to be doing the Battle Pass, which I want to commend them for. You should look more into that because I think it's a fair balance between business-facing, having to make your money, we understand that you're a big company, blah, 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 but also respecting your customer. But we'll see how everything rolls out. I am personally not a Halo fanboy. I know I'm going to get knocked for that, but I'm excited. I think this is a Halo title that I want to purchase if it ends up being good. I'm going to try it on Game Pass first, or at least the online multiplayer. I definitely will be jumping into just to have some fun with with my friends. I think that's what uh, a lot of people are starved for. Oh, and on the last, last note on the Halo um online multiplayer they did a 12 minute breakdown um the following day so please go check out the 12 minute breakdown because it gives a lot of really good information for those of you who love the old halo 2 halo 3 multiplayer from back in the day i think it's important that you get some details um that i can't just provide to you offhand uh let's get into the next title this is actually the last indie that i'm going to be talking about today but the difference between this one and the others This one was smack dab in between all these other titles being shown at Xbox, and it stole the show. Now, we don't have a hard release date. The release window is said to be 2022, but it's called Replaced. Now, Replaced is this 
cyberpunk 2.5D action-adventure game from indie developer Sad Cat Studios, and it's being published by Coatsync. Now, the reason this stole the show is all the art design. This, if, if you see one trailer from this entire E3 breakdown, I want you to go check out Replaced, because this game is beautiful. If I don't play the game, I'm just going to have it live streamed on my computer in the background and watching people, other people play it because it looks gorgeous. I can't wait to hear more about the story because at that point, I don't think I'll care about the gameplay. If it has as good of a story as it looks, I am hands down, this is going to be one of my favorite games of 2022. I'm sure of it. Um, I'm curious to see what platforms it's coming to. Obviously, it will be coming to Xbox. But I'd love to see it maybe come to Switch or, um, and I'm almost, yeah, it will be coming to PC as well through Game Pass, if nothing else. But I think it, it should be available on Steam as well. And then let's talk about the last title I'm going to talk about today on the E3 wrap-up. And that is just by far the prettiest game I saw. And I think almost everyone would agree that is uh, for Forza Horizon 5. Now, this is going to be coming out on November 9th of this year. It is the only racing game on this list because it's the only racing game I think you need in your life, um, at least as far as uh, car racing, you know, non-sport racing. Now, this is being developed again by Playground Studios and published by Xbox Game Studios. It is going to be based in Mexico, and it looks gorgeous. If you want more information, you want to deep dive on this game, they did plenty of segments on this all throughout the week, both Thursday and Monday of this last week. Forza Horizon 5 probably is going to be the most beautiful game I've ever played. I wanted to highlight Flight Simulator here, but I think accessibility is a pretty high bar on that one. And I think Horizon 5 is actually the game that you want to play most on your next-gen console. And the fact that it's an Xbox exclusive really hurts Sony. I wish Sony was at E3 so bad because I want to see them flex hella hard next to Xbox, next to Nintendo, and that way we can we can really compare them side by side. But I understand that perhaps that's not what, what's best for business, and so um, we will hold our breath to see what happens from Sony. But in the meantime, I think anybody who has access to Game Pass has a computer that can run these games or a console that can run these games, was very excited about the Xbox showcase. And again, I think that was the best showcase of the day, followed up by Nintendo Direct. I also want to give a shout out to Devolver Digital. I think they did a really good job entertaining me at all. And I'm going to actually uh, leave you guys with this because I think this is probably the best product that I saw at E3 this year, and that is the Xbox mini fridge. Uh, it's going to be available this holiday. I hope that I can get one for Christmas because it is, in my head, if I can't get an Xbox Series X, I want at least something at my desk that looks like the Xbox Series S X. And if it has, you know, beer or soda or, you know, snacks in it, all the better. I can't wait. I love that they're embracing the meme. I think more companies should embrace the meme in a healthy way because some companies overdo it, but I'm excited. I want to buy this thing. I think <laughs> it's totally up to you, but that's the silly thing that I loved from E3 this year. And that's about it that I had from E3. They showed 
over a hundred titles. Obviously, I couldn't talk about all of them. We only got to talk about a, about 17, 15 today. So if any of these interested you, please check them out on YouTube or on Steam. And I also wanted to showcase to all of you some of the games that are interesting to me. And so if any of these games are interesting to you, please come and check out this show as we'll talk about not only these games, but more games as they get released and come out. Uh, this is a little different than my normal show. I usually don't do showcases like this, but I think E3 only comes once a year and I might as well break it down for all of you. I think it's a great introduction into kind of my palette as a gamer. I do play a lot of mainstream titles. Uh, again, I am a casual gamer, but I want to embrace all of what you as a community has to offer. And please let me know what you guys would like me to prioritize in terms of my playtime. I really I want to make sure that indies get their shine. And I really want to make sure that I spend my money with indie developers and not pigeonhole myself. So please reach out. Please uh, feel free to email me. That's uh, at wackops at gmail.com or contact me at on my Twitter. Shoot me a DM or tweet at me at wackops. That's W-H-A-C-K-O-P-Z. That's W-H-A-C-K-O-P-Z. So you guys can hit me up anytime and we can talk about some of these titles and maybe some titles that I missed. What are some titles that you really, really wanted me to talk about or really caught your eye or you felt inspired you to pick up the controller and and keep an eye out for them. I also wanted to make sure that I talked about a lot of titles that were coming out this year. Uh, there's a lot of games that were announced for 2022 and later that I feel like we can always talk about uh, in future uh, years, probably next E3. So like I said, please feel free to reach out, email, tweet at me, download the episode and uh, make sure you subscribe when you get a chance and uh we'll be here next week thank you again for being here on our inaugural episode um this is very exciting for me personally this is the first time i'm getting a crack at um recording myself and putting my myself out there in the entertainment space in the creator space so please uh come join us let's build a community together let's uh embrace all these wonderful wonderful games that we have been presented with this year um and i can't wait to see you guys next week all right take it easy peace <laughs>